Hello, everyone, and welcome to the last episode of 2021 of Revenue Hacks. My name is Calvin Saloki. Um, I am the star of Hotel Memes on Rev Problems on Instagram. As you guys may know, I also do social media and career coaching. Um, I am very happy to welcome this esteemed panel today. We're going to be talking about what has the pandemic changed in hospitality forever? Um, somehow we need to squeeze this into 45 minutes. So good luck to us. Uh, we will start at the top. Um, Sylvia, please introduce yourself to the lovely crowd. Hi, everybody. So happy to be back here. My name is Silvia Cantarella. I've been working in revenue management for 17 years now, 13 years in chain, and uh, four years for independence, running also my own consultancy. Sylvia, so awesome. She's speaking twice. She's got an echo. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Try to fix this. Sorry, guys. No problem. Um, Heiko. Yes. Hi, guys. I'm I'm Heiko. I'm um, um, I've come into the field of revenue management through rooms rooms division part, and uh, I've been working in revenue management more than twenty uh, uh, twenty years now. I have been with global brands such as Hilton and Aqua, and um, in the U.S. and also in U.K. Uh, for a while. My last, uh, my last engagement was with Penta Hotels uh, for the last 15 years, um, um, where I um, created and grew up a, a centralized hub for revenue management and, and central reservations, distribution, and e-commerce. Glad to be here. And very, right. excited, ex very excited to, for a healthy dis debate. Glad to have you. And uh, you, you win the award for best background. Very festive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just saying the Christmas tree is not ready yet. The kids weren't weren't fast enough, <laughs> but I did my job already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You 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 a have the tree and it's and it's standing up. You you've done yeah. what you're supposed That's to. That's it. The rest That's is it. up to them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mr. T. Hi guys, my name is Thibaut. Uh, I'm the founder and managing director of Qatar Consulting, a revenue management company based in London, overseeing some hotels across uh, Europe and the US. Um, and uh, yeah, quite a regular over here. So glad to be back on the, on the show with uh, with the team. And uh, yeah, quite uh, emotional about the last uh, episode of, of this year. Uh, so yeah, looking forward for this discussion today. All right, and last but certainly not least, Linda. Hello, hi. Um, I'm super happy to be on the last session. Um, so my name's Linda Biko, uh, CEO and founder of um, About Partners, and then also uh, Biko. Um, About Partners is a representation company uh, that represents hotels and also apartments. Um, Bico is more of um, a branding and marketing platform. Um, I'm super excited um, to be on this, um, and I think that we'll have a lot of healthy discussions. I think so. I think so. Even some that are not so healthy. I mean, it's the holidays. Who who cares about being healthy around the holidays? Let's That's get into true. it. <laughs> Let's get into it. So um, I'm sure there are a multitude of things that we all have come to the table with um, that has just changed in this industry, I think, for the foreseeable future, if not forever. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Sylvia, since I haven't seen you in the longest. We'll start with you. Um, what is one thing that you think has changed in this industry that is just not going back in the bottle? 
Well, the first thing is that we always thought that our industry, the tourism industry, was unstoppable, right? We always thought that no matter what, we would have worked. We would always have tourists. And the pandemic told us that it's not like that, that we can find ourselves in big challenges. So what really changed, I think, is the approach that hoteliers are starting to give it to the way they sell their hotels. Meaning we have our own assets, we have rooms, but we don't just sell rooms. So, so when there is when there are challenges like the ones that the pandemic brought us, we really need to look at our hotels with different ways. What I call a retail sale, a retail approach to the sales, meaning we have rooms, we have meeting rooms, we have spaces. We needed to find creative ways to drive revenue from these assets, monetize every possible part of the hotels. And so this changed also the way that we as revenue managers, we act because we need to be creative in the way we find suitable solutions for sale for our, for our guests and opportunity to monetize on different assets that are available. Uh, creating value, I would say that's the most important thing because I've seen hotels that during the pandemic and they're doing right now, they're just copying and paste what others are doing. Meaning, for example, everybody is selling staycation. I sell a staycation for my hotel as well. That's not the way to, to, to do a real retail approach to your sales. You really need to understand who your customers are, what they want, and create a tailor-made offer and solution for them. That's the best way I think we need to go moving forward. And that will remain also after this pandemic. We hope it will soon be over. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very well said. I think everything we talk about in the show always comes back to that is know who your guests are, right? I mean, um, we've been banging that drum for ever since I've been on the show, which is close to a year. Um, so hopefully, you know, I mean, people just got to get it already. You know, we need to start sending this into everybody's morning stand up or something because <laughs> no, it's it's interesting what you say about just kind of copy and paste in other people's strategy, which, you know, there's 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 room for that in revenue management. You know, uh, you know, I think we all copy each other and sometimes you see something like, hey, that's a great idea. I wish I had thought of that, you know, but I think what you're describing is just kind of laziness. It's like, yeah. yeah, you know, let's just throw something out there. Um, yeah, Mr. T, you look like you're, you're itching to, to say something. <laughs> I'm always itching to say something, actually. But um, I think it, it changed completely the mindset of, of revenue manager and people in, in the industry to look for a um, survival way to survive uh, in a way that uh, to be creative in a new approach into new uh, revenue streams. Uh, I've seen some hotels selling uh, ice creams uh, uh, on the, on the, in front of the hotel during the summer. Or I've seen some hotels selling like um, a virtual uh, tour in the, of, of, of their meeting spaces or whatever, but the creativity that people have put in place, I think that's a definitely a, a big change of mindset, which I believe will stay there. Um, instead of having just Rav Major or the GM just sitting there doing the same stuff over and over again, this new wave of creativity came back, uh, came like it's, it's a new trend, and I believe it will, it will stay for longer. And what Sylvia mentioned is very, very important, this kind of shift from um, RevPAR to total revenue, definitely a big one of the it was already happening but now it's actually accelerated this trend and then the second one the way or people are building the hotel the way or people are designing the hotel for from scratch they are starting to think how oh, can i optimize every inch of my space uh, restaurants to be turned into a co-working spaces uh, or spa uh, the way to optimize those kind of things so it changed completely the mindset of people to make better use of the full asset instead of only rooms fnb that's it 
So I think like it's a mindset sh uh, shift that we have seen evolving from uh, from the pre, during, and post pandemic. Yeah, yeah very well said, Echo. Yeah, if I can just add to that in terms of creativity, what I also think uh, that uh, hotels and revenue managers and um, digital marketing teams have been have become more uh, creative in is. Uh, and how to drive direct brand business. I mean, quite naturally, brand brand shares have increased uh, sig significantly. Not sure if these can be maintained because uh, we all know the OTAs have like uh, reduced their uh, marketing efforts, um, uh, right? So not sure if that can be maintained. But anyhow, what I what I certainly think will stay is these uh, you know different mindset and different thinking and uh, uh, on how to drive brand because. Uh, you know now many have discovered how to do it actually and 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 will uh, you know certainly not not stop doing it um um i think that's a an upside uh, uh, a good experience that has been made um, and even and even though once the otas are back with their marketing efforts i think it, a lot of it will stay also in respect to not just selling rooms but also back to uh, how to sell ancillary uh, ancillary revenues through uh, brand.com um, which I think is a very positive, positive uh, de development. Um, and I, I also believe that technology has kind of, in that short uh, time mirror, also adapted to it and allowing more, um, you know, more flexibility when it comes to uh, selling ancillary revenues or even um, acquisition of memberships, for example, into the into loyalty programs. I think I, I've seen some updates on booking engines that. Uh, facilitate exactly that and to make that more uh, seamless. Yeah. yeah, very, very well said. I think there's um, there's just a, a lot that we can't turn back the clock on for, you know, lack of a better of a better phrase. Um, Linda, what are your thoughts? Um, I think for me, it's really about sales and how we do our selling. So before, when we were all used to going to events, meeting clients face to face, I mean, we've all had to now embrace technology um, and obviously Zoom and other collaborative approaches. So I think that, you know, the KPIs and the way of measuring a salesperson really has to change um, because you can no longer be measured, you know, on the amount of appointments that you do, but it's about setting new KPIs um, that's, that's more a little bit more result driven as opposed to how many appointments and and i think that you know that kind of old school teaching has to stop um because now you can see one client and get so much more so it's more about consultative and relationship building um i think that that's really key and i think also you know digitally we've had to embrace that and i know that hotels we've never been too forefront when it comes to our marketing so that's why i think this time now that we've been able to do that we just need to pivot that throughout um, and you'll never go back to those days of not having good images. <laughs> you have to have <laughs> Yeah, that, that's always a bugbear of mine is like, you see some hotels and they're so beautiful. And then you look at their website and you're like, I mean, it's like there's such a disconnect. Um, and that's why for me, I think that it's really important that people continue that journey because people can no longer come to your hotel and see it. Yes, we can maybe do the virtual tours, but you need to invest and make sure that those virtual tours are the best possible tours that can be in that sense. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a great point. I mean, uh, I know we've talked a lot about imagery. You know, that's super important. Um, you know, on, on, you know, to have that 
that first impression on your website. Um, there's nothing worse than that. And I'm telling you, if you could have a beautiful property, but your, your website photos aren't great, nobody's booking. And, um, that's, that, that's going to be a, a huge part of the, the sales and marketing effort. I'm, I'm really glad that you, that you brought that up. Also interesting with, with the KPIs too, for sales. Um, we've, we've mentioned quite a few times in this show about the, the old school dinosaur mentality. You know, and um, that's, you know, to be honest, that's one angle I've never thought of, of, uh, you know, the amount of appointments you have being a, a measurable for sales. I've actually never looked at it that way, but that's a that's a fantastic point. Uh, so we, we got some comments coming in here. Let's see. Um, with raising servicing costs, KPIs and revenue management are also seeing a shift in importance. That's uh, also very true. Um, Tibor, why don't you give us a little bit more about that? You're the resident revenue expert. <laughs> Uh, but now we have a new one with Echo as well, which is and Sylvia. We are all actually, <laughs> but um, I, I agree. The KPI have, have changed quite um, quite dramatically in the last uh, few months, and uh, as we discuss uh, on 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 the on the back, um, it, revenue manager became much more profitability manager, if I may say, uh, in a way that we have been shifting from uh, focusing on the ref part to focusing on the profitability and looking at what is the impact on the bottom line and not only on the top line. Uh, so yes, we still optimize the top line, but we also keep in mind the bottom line, mostly because of the, of the as you mentioned, the increase in, uh, in, uh, in service costs, the increase in payroll, uh, all of this has an impact to the bottom line. So it's very important to add this dimension of, 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 of profitability. Um, and uh, yeah, so KPI are, are definitely uh, one of the of the biggest shift I've seen I've seen happening. And then on on the last point, the this kind of impact has also pushed a lot of hoteliers to reconsider to drop their rate because they start thinking that if I increase my occupancy, I have more cost, and if I have more cost, I need I, I have more cost. I, have, I need to find more staff. I cannot find more staff, mm -hmm. so I need to push my rate. I need to maintain my rate up. Um, so all those kind of mindset as competitive chef, a shift between what was during the pandemic and, and after. Um, so yeah, definitely a, a, a big shift here. And if I may add, uh, uh, talking about profitability, also the focus on the distribution channels and how our approach as hoteliers changed because we all experienced a drive to direct uh, during the pandemic. So I think that that was a really good thing because especially for those hoteliers that were relying a lot on OTAs and intermediaries, they realize that they can do, uh, they can drive direct sales. They just need to invest on education, in training, uh, probably in technology when needed. But there is an opportunity to really shift also on that side of distribution and increase your profits accordingly. Very well said. You guys are a lot smarter in revenue than I ever have been. So I'm glad I moved into social media. Um, <laughs> but uh, Thibault, you, you def no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so so just just one last point on the revenue manager. What what Tibor just said, uh, and I think this uh, because what I think is these um, you know the technology, uh, especially for revenue management, now also fosters this um, or changes this uh, more traditional role of a revenue manager. Or in the early days, it was called yield manager, where you know where you would have a person changing rates every day or a few times per day and going into the distribution channels and changing that. And um, for hotels that are lucky enough to have an RMS in place, that that falls away pretty much. Yeah, so that role becomes more and more strategic. And quite rightly, um, they now have more um, 
capabilities and also more uh, resources to look at profit rather than a profit and also the distribution cost is also you know well distribution falls into into the uh, profitability of course but and i think that's 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 exactly the way it should be yeah i'm not sure if there's if this process you know of changing rates manually in the channel manager is that still there uh, um I, I, I presume it is in some instances, but um, uh, anyway, anyhow, I think it's definitely a good move to look at more profitability also from the revenue management standpoint. You know, I've, I've, I've talked yeah. to someone the other day and I was quite surprised. I'm not sure if it's good or bad, but I, I talked to someone in a, in a corporate office and they actually had their revenue manager assigned to the, um, the finance, finance team, to the controlling team. Mm. That that could also be, uh, you know, it's it's not it's something to be looked at. I think, yeah, it it, it is not completely um, unrealistic. It's interesting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's an interesting angle. Uh, I mean, they are obviously very closely tied with the, the forecasting and the profitability, um, but just in in my experience, just just imagining revenue and accounting working in the same office or in the same department. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I think um, just to add on the distribution, one thing that I've found as well with dealing with a lot of my clients is that, you know, a lot of hotels who have their distribution through the GDS or the OTAs, you know, they're now looking at their total cost and some of them are not willing to bear the cost. Um, so you found that, you know, especially in the new RFP season coming up, you know, it, some of them are increasing their rates between 15 to 20 percent because, you know, they need to pay for these different distribution costs. So I think that's all taken into effect, but it's made each person more aware of each distribution cost when before you were getting the business. So you didn't really care about the distribution cost. Um, but now, now they're looking a lot more critical at how much business do we want from this channel because this is going to be, be our cost of acquisition. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you set me up perfectly because that's what I promote on social media. Um, I mean, that is such you're going to get such a better ROI focusing on that channel than you will, you know, selling through OTAs or a, a lot of the other traditional channels. So it's it's something that really needs to be a huge part of your your marketing umbrella and your efforts um, that hotels really are, are dropping the ball on. I mean, if you, you do a good job there, if you put the same level of um, monetary, you know, backup, but also just the effort into social media as you do with your website and your digital marketing, you're, you're going to see much, much better uh, ROI on that. But I want to, um, Linda, and Linda, we'll start with you in on this one, but I want to jump back to the comment that we got from Daniela a few minutes ago. Um, do you agree that people, hoteliers, are still sticking to the old ways when trying to, de to deal with new problems? Yes and no. Um, I think that there are, and this is probably not the best answer, but I think that there are some hotels that have evolved in that sense. But I think it also depends on the management team as well, because if you have a management team that's quite old school, they are going to try to do the same thing. Like, you know, I know a couple of hoteliers or GMs that are still getting people to try to do face to face meetings mm -hmm. um, and they're still measuring people that way. And I mean, I completely don't understand that because nobody wants to see you in that sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but I think that it really depends on the, the change or the different mindset needs to come from the top. And if the top isn't willing to change or embrace new ideas, then it's very difficult. So it depends on the chain, it depends on the individual, and it depends on the management and what they want to do. But there's still a lot of old school stuff going on, which is quite sad because then we won't improve. As a best best example for this one, actually. Um, So thank you for your comment, Daniela. First of all, this kind of shift, this kind of shift from revenue manager to profitability manager is not because they wanted to shift this direction. It was because they had to shift for survival yep. uh, because of breaking point, because of high cost, because of no demand. So we had to focus on this one. Now you mentioned about the old way of, uh, of dealing with stuff. I fully agree with you. Um, because if you look at the most of what the hotel have been cutting first on the, on the, on the cost uh, in most of the hotel was uh, marketing. Uh, digital marketing as well as revenue management and i still don't understand why they cut on revenue management uh, why it was seen as a cost center rather than an opportunity on investment center and the same with um, um revenue management system i've seen a lot of hotels cutting down on their rms from the moment the demand dropped i i said like why are you dropping on a, on, a, on a system which is not be seen as a cost but should be seen as an investment because it bring roi so this kind of mindset while it's still there saying like why I'm paying from the RMS or the RMS should, should come later when the demand is back. So that's not true. RMS is still focusing on ROI. Revenue manager is still focusing on the ROI and that's still a ROI positive. But those kind of mindset didn't evolve and people still see revenue management as a cost center while it's mostly an, an investment and it can bring a lot of ROI. So yeah, yeah. fully agree with what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I, I know somebody else has something to say on that. I think for me, from a sales aspect, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, um, um, have cut away their, their sales. And for me, it's like, okay, but you still need people to still go and talk to customers because to understand what's going on, to understand how you can add value or reinvent yourself or, you know, have a better value preposition. And a lot of sales was just cut completely or they were put on bare minimal hours. So you had, you know, a lot of the times people were reaching out and they didn't know or they would get no response at all. And that for me says a lot because then you're not interested in your customers because if your customers can't get hold of you, they will go somewhere else. So for me, I thought that whilst, yes, I understand the cost saving element, sales is still a very important aspect and it's still important for you to keep in touch with your customers because trust me if you don't somebody else will so how important is that business to you yep yep you 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 took the words right out of my mouth that's exactly what i was going to say between revenue and sales i mean i i can't even imagine a mindset of hey let's get rid of the the top line revenue generating departments because we don't what you don't need business was this pandemic never going to turn around did you think people were never going to start traveling again you know who's who's doing that and um but it, it goes back to this this old school mindset that's been brought up and this is a conversation i had on ref problems months ago where you know i had people coming to me and saying well we don't need sales you know uh, uh front desk has been doing sales and i said well how are they doing that well We've been, you know, we've been answering the phones and, and taking reservations. That's what you think sales is. So, so I, I, I actually broke this down on on my Girl Spot podcast with a guest a, a few episodes ago. I said that's like, let's imagine it's McDonald's, right? You walk into McDonald's and there's stuff on the menu, right? You look up and you order what you want. That's what you did. 
what sales and marketing is, is putting the stuff up on the board in the first place. <laughs> okay. Anybody can sit there and take an order. That's not sales. Okay. I've never sold in, in, in a hotel in that traditional sense. I could do that. If, if people just said, Hey, I want to book a wedding. I need this many people and this, and I see your cost is this boom. Yeah. I can send you a contract and, and have it signed. Anybody can do that. What they can't do is what you've been talking about, Linda, is meeting with those clients, figuring out, does this person want to meet face to face? Do they want to meet, you know, virtually? Uh, what do they like? What are their interests? How, how do I, you know, phrase this hotel? How do I sell this hotel to, to meet their needs? That is a skill in and of itself that people, it's, it's mind boggling how many people in this industry don't understand what you do completely that if it's one thing i've learned throughout this pandemic and having a lot of these type of conversations is that a lot of people don't know how this business works but it's an opportunity it's an opportunity for the one who understand it because the one who understand yeah. it we kept investing in digital marketing we kept investing in revenue management are now recovering faster than the other hotel and are exactly. driving much more market share than before so exactly. i think it's an opportunity and a risk but more an opportunity i believe yeah, yeah, and I also think you know these ones will also come out stronger uh, because you know these uh, all these uh, experience and all this knowledge that's been gained now throughout the pandemic, you know, to make this, you know, to drive more brand, to um, uh, reduce the share of OTAs a little bit more, uh, 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 look more at profitability as opposed to just top line, uh, and I think if these um, uh, gained. Um, experiences will be adapted for the future. I think these these companies definitely will come out stronger than than before and faster. Um, Absolutely, sure. Absolutely. One one of my favorite quotes now is uh, one I found by Henry Ford, where he said, uh, "Stopping marketing to save money is like turning off your watch to save time." I think I'm going to steal that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, take it, it. It ain't mine. It ain't mine. <laughs> Go ahead, Sylvia. Oh, no, yeah, I, no, but actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to add, it's actually going back to the first point that we discussed today. So in the mindset of people, like if we talk about revenue management, it was about forecasting and optimizing. Those were the two words that everybody had in mind. Many people had in mind when the pandemic started. And so that's why they left their revenue management at home. They, and a lot of people lose their jobs. While what really changes that it's not more about just forecasting and, and optimizing, it's more about understanding and interpreting demands. And we have so many, so much data available that we never had before and driving, which is the key word for us right now. So that's in a way, that's where sales and revenue really get together here because it's it's like a, we have been talking about breaking silence and uh, joint forces throughout the year. And that's really what we really need to move forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, we've, we, we, we dove deep into that one, which, which I'm glad that's, that was the, a great conversation. Um, I'm gonna bring something to the table because Thibault, uh, in when you were speaking before, reminded me, um, my biggest thing that I think we cannot go back on in this industry is um, technology. You know, I think we, you know, what the the point you made about people becoming um, focused on profitability because we had to. 
that's just the mindset of this industry. And again, I've been in this, this thing for 20 years and it's always the same story. We don't do anything until we have to do it, until we're forced to do it. I'm old enough to remember when Expedia was like a bad word and it was this thing that, what what is that? What's an, what's an Expedia? What's an online travel agency, right? Now they're dominating share in your hotel and you've got to figure out hotels have been for years now trying to figure out how do we get this back how how did this happen how did how are they getting 20 30 40 percent of our business and we're paying all these commissions and now all the major brands are coming out with these you know brand um promotions if you if you're part of our loyalty program you get a discount we that's not sold to otas but that's all reactive because expedia booking.com came in and said and took everything and we were sitting back like what's all this similarly i remember when tripadvisor first became a thing everybody was like ah that's just a place for people to complain who cares i don't know now look at us everything's up rate us on tripadvisor we'll give you 25 bucks if you mentioned on tripadvisor you know um we, we we we're constantly behind the curve and it's it's no different with technology uh you know you go to restaurants now at least here in the states everything's the qr code you know, but that technology has been out for 20 years already. But now we have to use it. So we're using it. Right. Um, and we just got to get out of this mentality. Um, how do you guys think that we we can do that if we're actually going to do that? Yeah, yeah, I, I put you on the spot, Tibon. That's all you. <laughs> I can say this. Uh, no, I mean, like, uh, uh, for sure, and that's something we keep repeating since the beginning of Revenue Acts, I think, um, embracing new technology can help you increase your productivity and efficiency. And this kind of uh, pandemic has accelerated the adoption of technology, I believe, in diff diff at different pace in different countries, for sure. Uh, but for sure, people have embraced much more uh, automation, has embraced uh, cloud technology, and again, going back to what you mentioned, not because they wanted to, but because they had to, uh, because it, it's not um, necessarily a replacement of the staff, but an extension of your team to allow them to be a bit more, uh, to be more pro product productive and efficient, um, because now we have a lot of staff shortage and, and everything, as we already discussed in, uh, in the previous shows. So technology is one to help, uh, help them maintain those kind of level of service. So I still believe we are still behind when it comes to technology adoption. Um, but we are seeing some uh, good um, some good uh, adoption when it comes to new PMS uh, cloud, uh, some new revenue management system, um, pretty much a lot. So I've seen a, lot, a big acceleration when it comes to tech adoption, but we are still far behind in terms of curve. Um, I don't know what, uh, what what about you, Sylvia? You were mentioning like Italy was a bit behind, or yeah. So I think like it depends on the country or on a different pace. I believe, yeah. Well, I think it's a bit across the board. I mean, uh, I, I totally agree with you. We needed to, and so we invested in technology this year. So that was the main reason. But the question is, why didn't we invest before? And what I perceive the issue is education. The fact that there are great pieces of technology out there, but if the basis of education, understanding how to read the data, how to use the data, uh, how to work with that system in order to convert them under to drive more are missing, Hotels just not can use it. They don't understand how to use it. So, I mean, there's a lot. I think there is still a lot to do on the education side, uh, starting from the back to basics in all the concepts, being revenue management, sales uh, or front office or whatever. And then once you build on that education, you really can progress and invest and leverage technology. Because I've seen also many hotels that uh, 
during the pandemic really said, okay, I want to go digital. So they brought great softwares, they bought fantastic pieces of tech, but they just left it there. They just did the basics and nothing else because they don't have time, they don't know how to use it, and they don't know how to leverage them. So, you know, I know that that's the, the main issue for me, and that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. But I think it's in Italy, but it's across the board. I think it's common to every one of us. Yeah, and I, I think the point on that very often is, especially from the corporate offices, uh, and maybe uh, individual hotels might have an easier job there to do, but when you when you want to apply uh, automation or machine learning or uh, uh, um, um, even BI or uh, any kind of automation, if you want to apply that from a corporate office, office, this is quite a huge job. I think it, especially for these more traditional thinking, uh, smaller brands, um, it almost requires a full change of man change management concept before you actually do that. It's not just done by signing a, a, a um, AI software for a chatbot or for reservations mm -hmm. bot and a contract, and then you think the job is done. No, it's not. You need first of all, you need to have people that can actually deploy it. But then, most importantly, is uh, that you also have that you also adapt the processes behind it. Right? It's not just plug it in and then everything goes uh, full stop, right? It, you, the processes need to be adapted, you know. Let's say you have a, a bot of some sort and it needs an escalation where, where a life life agent goes in, then the life agent needs to be told when do you go in and how fast do you need to answer to that? And these kind of examples, <coughs> same, same for revenue management. You know, when do you take a, an, uh, when do you go on autopilot for your pricing and when do you interfere? Yeah, and there's so many, the, the processes are important. And then also to, um, yeah, speak to the people that that, that actually have to uh, maintain these semi-automation or yep. full automation. It, it is, a, in some instances, it requires a full change management, you know, starting from top top level. Oh, yeah, yeah we, we, we keep going back to that. It's, it's, yeah. It comes down to leadership. Yeah, I think um, for me, one thing is, you know, in sales, we're used to, you know, going to drop the donut. So we enjoy going to all these big call centers and, you know, giving away the freebies. And that for a salesperson was like our biggest achievement. You know, we've presented to 100 people who we've hosted lunch for and we can't do that anymore. So it's about how do we still manage to get to these key decision makers that are booking travel and to talk to them about your product? In that sense and that's why you know um some of the um, um other companies that i deal with are now doing a lot more virtual presentations but they're doing it in such a way that you can record it so it's like on demand so people can actually look at it at their own leisure um mm -hmm. because we are not allowed to go into the offices and that that for me was one of the thought processes behind the Beco platform was how can i get hotels to record but give me specifics on their usps so that people can actually listen to it because those days of us going into the offices i think are far are, are very very far away and i don't know if they'll ever come back again right right i mean I'm, i i'm at least hopeful that they will i think they'll they'll be you know eventually we'll get this pandemic thing under under wraps you know we've you know the, the world has been through things like this before right i mean travel and you know hospitality has been around for the dawn of time pretty much um so we've, we've the world's been through these things. We we will get back to I think a sense of normalcy, but in the meantime, we do need to adjust and to pivot. And um, to kind of piggyback on a comment from Julie a, a few minutes ago, um, 
my experience in my experience in this industry, the mindset is always focused on immediate ROI. It's not focused on how technology can help customer service, how it can um, how it can supplement our staff. You know, this conversation, anytime it's it's come up in a hotel I've worked at, it goes goes to the GM. The GM is asking questions about, well, what does this cost, et cetera, et cetera. Then that has to go to ownership, who, in, again, this is just my experience. All they care about is how much money this is going to cost. And if it's, this is going to cost X amount of dollars, well, then who can we cut to replace that X amount of dollars? That's the mindset. And that's the advice in, in my experience. So I think until that shifts to more of a collaborative effort, like you guys are talking about, until that shifts from, hey, we're putting in this AI chatbot so we can take this mundane stuff away from our guest service agents so that they can actually spend that time servicing our guests, which is going to increase our guest scores, which is going to increase repeat business, obviously increase rates and, in, in, and increase profitability. That needs to be the mindset. Until that is... I think we're constantly going to be having this issue, um, and the more, which leads, yeah, go ahead. yeah. No, I, I think it's a it's a very valid point what you're saying. And the more I progress as well in the industry, the more I realize that we are a people industry, uh, being yeah. staff, uh, being staff as a staff management or being guest as a guest management. Uh, technology just a tool in between, but the more we should focus on people. Yeah. Uh, making sure we have them on board, making sure we have the culture right, making sure they understand how to use the systems and everything. It's all about people management. It's all about um, uh, creating the right atmosphere. But focusing on people, being the guests, being the staff, I think should be the top priority for any hotel worldwide. Absolutely. This is people business. Yeah, just to add to that, I just wanted to, you know, I think our, our industry, especially the hotel industry, it has to happen. Automation has to happen because all the other industries like airlines and, you know, airport authorities or all, all different kinds of trouble have also adapted. Many governments are now going more into digitalization for their administrative processes and all that. And, um, you know, the hotels that are not going to follow it, and I'm speaking for Germany because we are always very much behind, but I see from all other different industries, they are also doing it now. And at one point, people will not no longer understand if they can't have at least the same experience also on, when they come to a hotel. It, it's going <laughs> to have to. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm right there with you. I always use the analogy of when's the last, raise your hand the last time you actually walked into a bank, right? Exactly. I mean, you can do all this stuff on your phone now. I, you know, I can't remember the last time. I got it. I sold a house. I got a check. I took a picture of it. It went to my bank account. You know what I mean? This was a large check. And and I you don't have to do these things anymore. And what what we're not, you know, the point you're making is our guests are the general public are used to living like this. You can do everything on this tool these days. But you go to a hotel, I need to spend five minutes at a front desk signing a reg card, you know, swiping my credit card. And that's not to say that that part of the experience is important that first touch and hey let's explain to you the hotel and whatever but that that part of the process can be automated so where now that front desk agent is basically a host you know who this person is when they arrive we we have your credit card you've already digitally done all this stuff 
I can give you maybe a mobile key card. Or if you actually want a regular key card, here you go, sir. But hey, let me escort you to the room. Let me walk you through. Let me tell you what, what we have to offer. But the, but the problem is what has happened traditionally and what needs to change is if we had that technology, which exists. I know people that sell this stuff that exists. They'll get that and say, well, now we don't need that front desk agent. That person can just come in. They can go to a kiosk and, and, and get a key and go to their room. And that's what, that's wonderful, hospitable service? Of course not, you know, but listen, don't get me going. It's it's too early in the morning for me. I'm about to, I'm about to lose it. Uh, (laughs) Well, we've got about five minutes left and uh, which kind of brings me to, I think my, my major point here um, for things that I think need to change, have to change. We can't go backwards. And it's, for me, it's about training of staff. Which is, you know, kind of leads into, you know, what, you know, from what we've been talking about, um, with everybody's been crying about this hiring crisis. When, in my opinion, these issues have always been here, the pandemic just kind of wiped our slate clean and said, hey, take a good look at yourself. And we're going back to the old ways. We're going back to things like I've heard things like, well, once the unemployment here in the States, once that runs out, um, people will be forced to come back to work. I'm like, listen to yourself. That's how you want people to come back to work? You want them to be forced? They have no choice. Their, their, their savings are run out. They're broke. Now, okay, yeah, now we got you. Now you got to come back to the office. Really? <laughs> you know, this is the stuff that, that's got to change. So I'm going uh, uh, to drop this bomb. Um, Heiko, I'll drop, it. I'll drop this one on you. What are your thoughts as far as training in the industry? And um, yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think it's it's. Uh, I, I'm not sure if you, uh, some of your experience is same, but first of all, what we've already discovered now, uh, after the first uh, couple of waves through, through the pan- pandemic, obviously a lot of people have been uh, let off, and uh, what we are finding now here is that they're not, simply not coming back. Yeah, they, they are not coming back, which is uh, a, a bigger problem. We've always had problems with uh, staffing, but it has increased now after in, in the in the course of the pandemic. It feels like people don't want to come. Other people that have been let off, they don't want to come back anymore. They have now experienced working in other offices as office assistant or whatever their job was. You know, they've seen opportunities where they can uh, maybe also earn more money. They're not coming back anymore. Yeah, and. On a general note, I think um, the whole uh, training is one point, but the whole concept of hiring people and uh, also uh, um, uh, recruiting in general and developing the stuff while they are there is uh, has been re- has to be rethought completely. It has to be uh, they have to be uh, just in like any other industry that you you will probably have a development program for each employee. And that's not just for um, uh, top management or or medium management or whatever. It needs to start uh, from scratch. It needs to start with line staff. They need to have their development programs. Otherwise, they're going to be out. You know, I've I've managed call centers uh, where there's line staff. Yeah. And you you can either have the situation where at least after 12 months, no one wants to be a a call center agent for for too long time, right? So you either have the situation that you constantly change, at least after you, you constantly change the people that that, then you have to retrain the people. Some of them leave even earlier. So 
in the end of the day, you're actually spending more time with re-recruiting, retraining, and all that. And then obviously your service doesn't get any better with that because every time the people Sorry, need no. to get to know the customers over and again. And um, um, yeah, uh, to your point, uh, training is one very important thing. But the you know every uh, team member needs to understand, needs to need to see some uh, progress and development in, in in their role, and and that's. A point that's simply missing in in our industry, I believe. I completely agree. Very well said, Sylvia. Yeah, I think also one thing that we're missing out is working on the engagement and the sense of belonging to our hotel, to our industry. I mean, sometimes I see like hotel managers that are complaining about the quality of service that is delivered by the people. So hotel managers are not happy, staff employed are not happy and live. So why does this happen? Because maybe sometimes we need to spend just a bit more time engaging with people, make them part of our mission, why we want to deliver that kind of service, where we want to go, uh, what is our brand philosophy? I mean, sometimes we just... Uh, don't pay that much attention to that, but I think that that would really make our industry more appealing and people feel more part of uh, something that they belong to. Ibot, do you agree? Yeah, no, I agree because we had, a, we had an episode like a few weeks ago about mental health uh, and we have seen a lot of people during the, the pandemic who have been stressed out and left competition industry saying like, I don't care about the money. I just, even if it's lower, I will go to somewhere else, which is a yeah. more uh, respecting my work-life balance. Um, so I think as an industry, we need as well to take this into consideration and consider this when we do the rota or when we do the different development plan uh, and all of this to, to make sure it's a, it's, a, it's a good balance. And having some regular checking with, uh, with, our, with our staff, saying like, oh, are you, uh, are you feeling okay? I know that this person left. What do you feel about this kind of thing? Again, it's all about people. Your most powerful uh, tool, technology or whatever, the most powerful tool in your industry and in your hotel is the people. Uh, and that's something we, we don't need to forget. Uh, and we need to retain them because the cost of retraining, the cost of hiring, it's a lot of time, a lot of things. So retention should be one of the KPIs that we need to track on a regular basis. And we need to do everything we can to maintain and to increase this retention. Yeah, yeah. Linda, final thoughts. Um, I think for me, as an industry, we've come a long way. Um, whether we've been forced to embrace these changes or not, but we still have a long way to go. And collectively, I think that there needs to be a lot more collaboration um, and definitely, you know, reaching out to people who understand their field a lot better to see how you can make your property better. There's no point in working in silos because that's not going to get us anywhere. And I always think that it's really sad that as an industry, we always wait for technology or changes to come from outside when we can actually start doing it ourselves by more collaboration. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think I, I'll try to summarize everything we've kind of talked about here. And I think it just it goes to a change in mindset. You know, I think we've as an industry, all the topics we've talked about here today comes back to a leadership and 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 a, a cultural mindset and if once that shifts all of these other things will be embraced um and implemented properly for the future um but we are actually over time so i'm gonna wrap this up uh, i told you guys 45 minutes wasn't enough to get into this um great show it's, it's been a great year thank you to my esteemed panelists here uh for you know making me look good and answering questions with such intelligence um 
Thank you to the audience. Of course, you guys are awesome. You continue to be awesome with the comments and everything every week. Please, um, we look forward to to seeing you in, in 2022. Please bring that same energy when we get back here in January. Our next show is January 5th, uh, 1 p.m. in the UK, 5 a.m. where I am. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've got some new segments coming out. We've got... Uh, the Growth Spot Minute, which is uh, a spinoff of my podcast, so that'll be you know training tips, career tips for you. Uh, we've got a trivia segment coming up, and of course, unlimited no nonsense for you in 2022. So thank you all, and uh, we'll see you next year. Happy holidays, happy new year, and Merry Christmas. Peace.